Join Trident Media now at harpershare.su forward slash Trident Media. Oh, my dizzy days. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. I mean, I guess it's a bit too late to be doing all that Happy New Year stuff and everything, but I mean, I'll just, you know, it's February, but it's the first time you've heard me, so I guess Happy New Year and all that, yeah, cut all of that out. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. This is Strictly Sports. I am your boy, Patrick Callisto, and as I've already stated, it's been a long time, but we're back, nice and fresh again. Andy's still in the place, doing up Andy things on the camera. We oh. might even get Andy uh, to speak in. Oh, hmm? maybe. Hmm. maybe. I wonder if they'll catch that anyway. But, ladies and gentlemen, without any further ado, I would like to introduce my guest today, Rob Rangel. Hello. How are you? Come a bit closer. Hello. Oh, beautiful. I can hear you now. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Ladies and gentlemen, Rob Rangel. Hello. Of Muscle Movement. Yes. How are, How are you? you? Oh, okay. I'll yeah, ask course, you in the question. Of course. Oh. I'll ask you a question. It's rude not to. No, uh, yeah, I'm good, blessed, living up life. Uh, actually, I'm really happy right now because now this isn't what we're going to be talking about at all today, but I haven't had the opportunity to gas myself over it. Well, I have done all week, but I haven't said anything to anybody on the on the airwaves. So if you missed out on Sunday, the Hertfordshire Hurricanes played the UEA. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I just have to put that in there. When, <laughs> Uh, tw- what is it? Twenty twenty. We're one and zero, so <laughs> you love to see it. <laughs> oh. But no, I'm I'm good, thank you. I'm good. I'm still kind of on a little bit of a high because um, winning ways, you know, yeah, twenty twenty. It's it's a blessed year. New but, year, new year, uh, and all that. Exactly, yeah, new year, new year, all of that good stuff and all of that. But how are you? Yeah, I'm I'm good, mate. Been mm-hmm. busy, but it's good to be busy. So. It's very good to be busy. Um, I guess we should start at the beginning. Okay. How did it all start? How did it all come about? Because muscle movement, we're going to get into muscle movement more in depth later on. Okay. But as to what you do, as to what it's about and all that other stuff. But right now, let's talk about you. Okay. What is it that got you to go into sports therapy and all of that? How how did you end up finding yourself in that field? Um, I'm going to throw it in right in that deep. Straight away. Go, go um, deep. Go all the, way, all the way deep. So, I was always interested in sports, always loved sports. Mm. Um, you know, I played golf. Uh, whoop, whoop. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I was always interested in sports, but I was actually in a wheelchair for eight odd years. Okay. Um, so, when I was four, I got diagnosed with a very rare condition okay. called um, Perthes disease. Many people don't know what it is, and they look oh. at me like, huh? Um, P-E-R-T-H-E-S, if you want to go look it up. Um, it's not a disease that you can catch. It's like, because mm. you say disease and people are like, oh, my God, yeah. it's, like, contagious. Um, but funny enough, my dad used to play, like, semi-pro football good, or good standard football. Mum was very sporty, played mm. badminton, good swimmer. So I was always sort of brought up in that field of sport. And when I was at the age of four, sort of started with a limp but all of a sudden, out of nowhere, crying, limping my like right side. I didn't know where to point. I was only four, so I was like, "They were like, where's the pain?" Pointing in my right hip. Um, and then from there, we went to so like doctors, from doctors like A and E. We left yeah. it a couple of days, and we were in Bournemouth at the time because we were like on holiday there. And I remember, well, I don't remember. My mum and dad telling me this. Um, but we went straight from there. They they X-rayed me and said, "Right, you need to go." 
back to London, like Royal London, we'll get you a, like a visit there. But there's a waiting list, obviously. You know how wow. NHS and hospitals are very like long-winded. Yeah. Even back then, so we went back to London, waited for an X-ray um, until the point where we actually thought, right, we'll go private just to speed things up. Went private, and they said it doesn't look too good. Uh, and then yeah, I got diagnosed with Perfis disease. Uh, if I explain what Perfis disease is before everyone keeps on questioning, oh, what is it? Um, so Perfis disease is the head of the femur, which is, in simple terms, the, the ball and socket of the hip, okay. um, right at the top of the hip, the ball of the hip. Yeah. Um, it, it's like a lack of blood supply to that, that bone, which is like the head of the femur. That's what yeah. we call it. So it just basically deteriorated uh, and crumbled. That's the best way to des- describe it. So it crumbled. Wait, the ball? The ball, basically, wow. yeah. So in in the ball and socket, the ball crumbled. Yeah, that's um, and that's just it's called a, like an avascular necrosis. Okay. So it's just a basically short term. It's a lack of blood supply to the hip, um, causing it just to deteriorate and not be functional anymore. Therefore, I was walking with a hip in pain. Lots of the symptoms are like fire pain, knee pain, inner mm. groin pain. Um, yeah. So obviously, we'd never heard of the condition before. Mum or dad, me, obviously being four, I didn't know what else to expect. Uh, so mum, we went for like three months, like three months, every three months I was going for x-rays still just to see how it was progressing or if it wasn't progressing, deteriorating even more. And then when I was five, a year later, I got diagnosed and left it. So oh, it, went from, it went right and left, yeah. so I became bilateral. And then it was still every three months, every six months, um, to the point where obviously I couldn't do much sport anymore. So it sort of left me buggy bound Wait, for so a while. Wait, so you were playing sport while... So no, I I was sort of not playing. I was sort of like you know for you like, okay, know, you're yeah, in, in those discovering sports, we'll say. Yeah. Um, and obviously, I always wanted to be a footballer at the age of like that age. Yeah, my dad doesn't. was a footballer. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, let's play football. But um, obviously, that was never going to happen after that. Um, but yeah, no, I I had had it bilateral, sort of got on with it. Mum quit her job to go and work in the school to help me. Um, so if it wasn't for my parents, I don't think I'd like be the person I am today. Definitely, mm. um, definitely not. Big up parents. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, mum quit a job, became like a TA in the school to make sure all the other TAs that were looking after me, as teaching assistants, um, knew what they were doing basically with me and made sure I wasn't doing certain things. The school were so supportive. Like I was allowed to go to extra swim sessions because all the th- all the things that I could do swimming and cycling so yeah. i used to cycle to school rain or <laughs> rain or s- snow every day because it was good for the hip because it's non-weight bearing and i used to swim pretty much every other day uh in the week because that was good for it so i'm pretty good i became a pretty good swimmer as i think it's a blessing in disguise as well the fact that mum and dad and my granddad were swim teachers so i was sort of learned to swim quite quickly i didn't have to have lesson from anyone else they taught me um and then obviously going through the years at school get picked on obviously for being in a wheelchair for one uh, everyone sits cross-legged I never sat cross-legged on the floor I had to sit up with the teachers in a chair and the problem with perfies I had a, I had a meeting this week with a mum actually um, whose son has just been diagnosed with perfies and okay. I wanted to talk to her just to like say it was everything's okay like it's perfies at the end of the day yeah. you can get through it it's not the end of the world you can still do things it's not the end of the world um and we were just saying, like, with perfies, it's not 
it's not like a condition where you see someone and they walk badly or it's sort of an obvious condition. You look normal and you like might walk normal some days. You might walk with a limp some days because that's the hip in pain and that's how the hip's playing up. But otherwise, it looks like a normal condition. So it's sort of normal to be picked on, I guess, because people are coming up to you and go, oh, he's normal, there's nothing wrong with him, he's faking it, especially if you're in a wheelchair. Yeah. Um, but the whole reason I was in a wheelchair is so no one knocked me over and did it more damage. Um, you can have surgery for it. Yeah. But we never opted down that route just because you four years old, you go up to the age of eight and then surgery's traumatic for children. Yeah, exactly. You go up to the age of eight and you just batter them. Like yeah. or they can you not batter them, you do you let the kid do what they want, it's just gonna do more damage and then by the time they get to eight, nine, they have surgery, mm. that hip's never gonna be the same in like a few years' time so they're another, another surgery. Yeah. Sorry, I just hit that wire. Um, <laughs> yeah. no, you'll have to have another surgery, mm. um, and then it just gets very complicated from there. Yeah, it does. So mum and dad never really opted for that, and I'm pleased they didn't. We just did it conservatively. No op, just... It was horrible for mum and dad, in a way, because they were sort of having to be very strict with me, like, don't run, like, don't jump. Like, even though normal kids and other kids could do it, and technically I look normal and other parents would be like why are you telling them to do that <laughs> until mum had to explain what I had yeah. um, but no and then I got to the age of 11 and then that's where it started getting better okay. got to secondary school started progressively getting there with lots of rehab and physio sessions as well so yeah that's and how so it all how started with sports therapy uh, I got discharged from hospital when I was 17 okay. so what? how many years ago is that oh my god quick maths uh, <laughs> six years ago so yeah I'm <laughs> it's it's been fine it's just sort of cold weather now so like now yeah. well, I've noticed the difference when I come back from holiday or a quick drop in temperature from, you know how England is when you come from like nice hot weather to bang dropping cold yeah. it's like plays up a bit then if I've got a really bad flu or cold it'll go to my weakest area which yeah. is obviously always going to be my hips, hips or the muscles around it because I've never as a kid I was never running and walking long distances mm. compared to the other kids so then muscles around my hips are like glutes, sort of like hip flexors were never that developed yeah. and still aren't compared to them. Even if I do gym like four or five times a week, they're still not as going to be as developed as other kids. Yeah. Exactly, it's about eight, nine years yeah. they've got on me. So, um, yeah, that was <laughs> that's that's when it's probably when it's most painful. I've found that is when it's a flu. It just goes straight to their muscles and it's like, ah, this hurts. But mm. take some paracetamol, get on with it and <laughs> get on with the day, basically. <laughs> yeah. And so... It's from that experience, all of that stuff that you ended up having to endure as a child that helped you decide, oh, I want to go into sports therapy? Oh, 100%. Yeah, 100%. I think from all of that, I realised that there's always a way without surgery. Sometimes there isn't, like with an ACL, for instance. Yeah. But there's always a way without surgery to get someone back and I had so much help with mine with mum and dad you really like that I wire. keep I keep on hitting this one <laughs> very handsy talking yeah um, <laughs> yeah so I found even like because I didn't have surgery and um, with like help from mum and dad and physios and lots of rehab and just like functional exercises like swimming and cycling that were good for it I, there's always a way to get better mm. and the amount of help I had I wanted to sort of portray that with other people and give that to other people so yeah give back yeah exactly 100% it's good it's good I mean and you're not I can only just imagine how intense how much work you had to do because I'm trying to think now how many years I've been 
rehabbing. I said, I've actually been rehabbing my ankle. I've been do- I've been doing very well actually. <laughs> but I've been thinking with so all the times. Sometimes I'm just like, I just don't want to do this anymore. I'm tired. Like, what's the point? Hmm. For you to have had to been doing that since basically four all the way to seventeen, that must take a lot of willpower. Yeah, I think. I was always I was always told when I was like between four. Well, I've always been told to be fair, even to this day. I do moan a bit now, yeah. But <laughs> in my old age, but uh, um, but no, I've always been told I'm like the smiley, happy person. Mm. Um, and I think as a kid, I remember Mum saying this to me and Dad. Like I was uh, got diagnosed with my right hip first okay. when I was four, and when I was five, I got di- got diagnosed with my left. And they went into school to tell, like, the head teacher and things. And I just walked in, like, the happy chap I am, not knowing really what's going on. Yeah. And the head teacher came to me and said, how did you get on? And I went, got diagnosed in my left arm, miss. Big beaming <laughs> smile on my face. And mum and dad were, like, distraught, like, so upset that I've yeah. been diagnosed in my left and it's, like, double the amount of work. But <laughs> I think I've always, like, used that as sort of a positive, like, you, there's always someone worse off than you 100% I've always believed that so there's mm. always someone worse off than you so if you're having if I ever have a bad day now yeah. I know that I was always in a worse place anyway with Before, my hips yeah. being that bad and the same as like if I'm on the golf course having a bad day playing sport for instance I know yeah. that at the end of the day you're playing sport I'm playing sport mm. I, didn't, I might not have even had that opportunity exactly. if I did another route or there's always reason before. to give thanks oh exactly yeah, yeah. 100% ok glass half full um, yeah glass half full kind of guy <laughs> yeah of course Yeah, that's good I, I, I mess with that I mess with that I was always on that type of vibes as well when I was um, whenever I'd be uh, talking to my brothers or anything because my brother doesn't like to be seen as a glass half empty type of person mm. but he says I'm not an optimist like you I'm just a realist. I'm a realist because we live in a world, a situation, da, 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 da. I was like, well, keep your realism and your negativity to one side because <laughs> I'm out here trying to be, live my best life in the optimism yeah. tree and everything. But, I mean, no, it's good. It, it's good to hear that sort of story and then to see how that's played now into the future mm. and how it's helping you now in the present. Yeah, 100%. I think everyone has a story. Everyone, oh, yeah. Whether it's like small or big, everyone has a story or a journey mm-hmm. to get to where they want to go. And I think just from me having that journey, it made me who... I, I don't think if I didn't have Perfies, I wouldn't be nowhere near the person I am today, 100%. Yeah. It's made me... Okay, you could say it's maybe some bad traits. Like sometimes I can be very selfish and I'd admit that. Um, but there's a reason for that. It's probably because of the Perfies, to be yeah. honest, because... I've always okay. People have helped me, but at the same time, I want to get to where I want to get to with no complications, and I just want to get there now. One hundred percent. So it's made me more determined as well. One hundred percent. Yeah. Well, now that we understand how that all came about, you went to university. You, you've always come to Hertfordshire, isn't it? Yeah, it was always my first option. Always first always option. Perfect. And what did you study? So I'm final year now. Mm-hmm. Um, sports therapy. Sports therapy. Yeah. So. Combine that with final year is intense. Yeah, it's intense. <laughs> and you're, intense. you're not just um, a student; you're a student athlete, isn't it? Oh yeah. yeah. Well, if you put me in that label, Pat, I like that label. But, oh um, no, of course you are. <laughs> Listen, anybody that I see going into the performance, I don't. I disagree with many people that try to 
look at some sports and say, oh, this isn't a sport because of this and this isn't a sport because of that. It's like, well, why isn't it a sport? Oh, good lad. Good answer. I like it. It's good. (laughs) Do you not believe golf is a sport? I do agree. It's a sport. It's a sport, isn't it? Lots of people, that winds me up when people say... That golf's not a sport? That them words, that, them <laughs> words right there. Dude, I do not because people are like, oh, and some of them do it just for a bit of banter, and I get that. Mm. But if you've put as much time as like some of us boys do into the sport, mm-hmm. or sport, if you call no, it no, sport, no, 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 no quotations, bro. Uh, it's a sport. <laughs> but if you put that much time and effort like we have into that sport, mm. then you'll realise it is like harder. It's, it's like any any sport you put so much practice and dedication into it, and training in the mm-hmm. gym, out of the gym. Like out in the cold, out in the wet. Exactly. Hundred percent, it's a sport, and uh, that's the other thing I say is, I say to people, if you don't think it's a sport, hit four hundred golf balls mm. in the space of two hours and see how you feel the next day. Yeah. If you're not aching, then you haven't hit them properly. <laughs> it's not even just. I that. don't say that. I'd, I'd I don't say that. If they're not aching, then. <laughs> Tell, no, they haven't me. hit them properly. But Especially go to a driving range. Oh, top golf, I'm <laughs> I was about to say, yeah. <laughs> top golf. Just under 50, I hit. <laughs> Just, huh? Just what, 50. 50 yards or no, 50, 50 points? points? 50 points. Oh, dear. Sounds like you need a lesson, mate. You know what? <laughs> on that, we're going to take a quick break. Catch us after the break and we'll speak more on muscle movement. <laughs> you play these whatever random songs that come on and it's just upsetting. I must say Blooming awful that I, song. It was in the complete awful. background. I don't even know what it was. Drum and bass. You see, K- <laughs> KJ is the one that likes drum and bass, house, all that. Mm, no, I just no. You need to get me to meet this KJ, mate. You even mm. not met KJ? No, I don't think so. You must have done. No. Well, I mean, we've won a game now, so socials are going to be uh, <laughs> reopened very, very soon. <laughs> so, um, but ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. This is Strictly Sports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so Rob. Uh, Muscle movement. Yes. How was it? How how did it come to be? Uh, so obviously, wanted to do sports therapy. Mm. Nearly done it. I'm, I haven't said I've done it because I haven't done it yet. Yeah, still, still got a final year to go. But um, yeah, sort of went. Always had hearts as my first choice. Mm. Decided to come in. It's got one of the best. I don't know what it is in the country, but it's got one of the best like courses in the country just because of the, the sandwich here and placement here it offers okay um, but the whole reason I did my first two years never really thought about what I'd do with sports therapy knew that I'd use it but don't know to what extent yeah and then had the opportunity to go on placement here which I applied for uh, and got it for Millwall Football Club so I started like get lots of frowns when I say Millwall. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I was already thinking of the chance. Frown then, if I'm honest. But no, <laughs> went to Millwall when I was part of the academy. Yeah, uh, really good setup. Really good setup. A uh, bit of a commute for me, uh, being from Essex and having to drive through Blackwall Tunnel. Like what part of Essex? Uh, Epping. Epping. Yeah. Uh. I say Epping because no one knows e- where Northfield is. Uh, well, n- neither um, of them. Really shout out to all those listeners in Northfield. I because mean, I was thinking doubt there's any (laughs) (laughs) the population in Northfield is a village Mm. and uh, I'd say over uh, average age is over 60, 70 so whether they'd even have access to radio I don't know oh no Um, they would do wouldn't they (laughs) (laughs) they'd have them uh, radios in the kitchen (laughs) no because I was going to say I was born in Basildon and lived in Grace for a year um, oh my dad works in Grace that that was a long time ago so I was going to say oh yeah Essex but no there's no no (laughs) connection sorry I cut you off that's alright um so, yeah, I I went to Millwall, and I thought, you know what? Sort of on my way to work one day, I was like, oh, 
it'd be good if I could just set up something, maybe like uh, just talking about my placement, you know, what I've learned. Yeah. You know how people just post things and say, oh, today I did this, today I did that, or weekly. But I won't use it much. Just put another Instagram page. And the name Muscle Movement I've had for a long while. It's a catchy it, name. So originally, when I... The wire again. I've hit it. <laughs> I think you're going to get a world record in the amount of times I hit the wire. Oh, you already have the world record. No one's hit, no one's hit it before. Um, so originally, before sort of uni, I thought about doing psychology when I was doing A-levels. Yeah. Thought about sports psychology because I've always been into that, especially playing golf. I think it's such a big factor of any sport, especially golf. Um, and I really like the idea of sports psychology. So I thought of mind muscle movement. Okay. Because obviously mind and then going into the therapy side of things, muscle movement, sort of relatable, quite catchy. Yeah. But obviously that never went to be and meant to be the sports psychology route as much as I love it. Yeah. So <laughs> I I sort of went into... It's changing the wire for me. Look oh, at this. Um, so, uh, so I went into the idea of just muscle movement um, and then I thought, oh, I didn't think anything of it, just muscle movement, that will do. Um, so I did that, posted, I think my first ever Instagram picture was when I was at Millwall, and it was just like the picture of the badge saying, oh, please do an outside at Millwall. Yeah. I think that was my first post. Um, and then from there, sort of progressed, sort of the drive into work and listen to podcasts like about physio and things. don't know what made me do it, and I was sort of seeing some of my mum's friends that needed massage, I would see, because I've got my own bed, so I could go to them, I was mobile. I thought actually I could do something out of this. I could make it a bit, a bit more, mm. put a bit more effort into it, effort into it. Um, so I started doing a bit more massage here and there, not much, to the point where I I left Millwall uh, and went to Orient on a part. So it was meant to be a part-time job. I applied for a part-time job, yeah, um, and then ended up with a placement out of it. Um, luckily, uh, it's just sort of the right place, right time for me and seeing as Orient was 20 minutes down the road where Millwall was an hour and 20 minutes down the road it was sort of su- yeah, suited me better um, so I left left Millwall went to Orient and again like some of the boys were giving me ideas there so one of the boys at Orient um, has got well he has his own business basically and he's, un- he's a youth team player so he's under 18s he came up with a really good concept of and he, he's made I mean he's made good money out of it but not it's not just about the money for me it, it helped people mm. so he was helping young footballers get to where they want to be and get a contract elsewhere yeah especially if they weren't recognized and they didn't have a contract as it was as a like a youth team player and they were wanting to get a pro contract somewhere so then it thought oh actually i could help people here and not just use it for massage and things like that so then ideas started going in my head and i did some posts and they were liked and i thought oh and then i'd I started doing talks in schools um, okay. on my placements uh, yeah. about perfies and about what I'd been through. And it was more, more motivational than anything. It was sort of more motivated. And it was to year five and year six kids. Usually I've done about three talks. Three? Yeah, I think so. It's about three talks. Yeah. Um, two to the same school, one year five group, one year six group, and then one to another school, which was year five group. Just about... Because I think year five, year six is such an important age. Definitely. When they're trying to go, they're progressing to secondary school, mm-hmm. a whole new world. It's a transition phase. It's a massive transition for them. Yeah. You talk about like A-levels to uni, that's a big transition. But big, yeah. Year five, six to... Key stage two to key stage yeah, three. Yeah, exactly. Woo! It's a big, a big transition. So I went in to talk about 
what they want to do what do you want I know it's a funny age to think about what you want to do at like the age of 9, 10 mm. um, going on 11 but I think that's when it starts becoming a bit more clear um, sort of spoke to them about that and then I thought actually got put that on my muscle movement and I thought oh okay I could do something more with that so I've sort of left that aside for the minute um, with hope when I graduate I could do more uh, or when I have time I could do more Yeah, and then it got to more like informative posts so then I made it a real incentive I know I didn't post enough last year 100% didn't post enough So and I came up with good ideas in my head like muscle of the month for yeah. instance because I try I want to eventually just be involved with <laughs> I want to be involved with athletes predominantly but I'm willing to help anyone and everyone with like exercises or with muscles in a month as I said or informing people about what's good and bad. So I thought a muscle a month. And then I thought, right, if I'm doing one a month, will I get enough popularity? And then I actually spoke with, um, you know, Jack Tyler. Oh, JT's um, Sport. So JT Performance. JT Performance, the main man. Honestly. And I was talking to him about how I could get my content out there a bit better. Yeah. And I said, yeah, I'm going to up it. and I'm going to go to about two a month, two posts a month. And he actually said to me, two a month? Mm. He went, more like two a week. Yeah. I remember them words. And I was like, actually, he's right. I need to do a lot more than two a month. So then I sort of just went with the flow of it. And I made it sort of just before the new year, started posting like infographics and things like that on things that people might not be that aware of and thought they were aware of, but they're not that aware of. Yeah. Um, so I've done one recently on like turmeric, turmeric, however you like to say it. Mm. Um, the supplement and how it can benefit your body people think oh turmeric is a good spice yeah but they don't know the benefits of it yeah um, and things like that just popped into my head and then I thought okay I can do an exercise exercise of the week every week that's not hard um, for gym goers or non-gym goers uh, athletes or non-athletes again I'm trying to it's a big sort of popularity and yeah. population I'm going for but I think that's best then because you're not it, trying to just exactly, have one yeah, niche exactly I think Lots of people go for one niche. And yeah. it, There's it, not it, many people that caters for exactly. everyone. Yeah, so that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to cater for everyone. Obviously, athletes are nice because you're working them towards goals, but then I think even general pop, you're working them towards goals, whether mm-hmm. they've gone from sedentary to working out in the gym every week. It's true. Um, so they've always got, everyone's always got everyone's a goal. Everyone's got a goal at some point in time. Everyone's so, yeah, got so I started to. posting a lot, lot more yeah. um, to the point where I'm doing like three or four a week now. And it's keeps me busy I must say everyone thinks I'm an Instagram ad- Instagram addict but I'm not I I make sure I plan my posts and do everything like that because obviously uni is still priority for me at the minute 100%. and I'm still trying to focus on final year and get my muscle movement stuff done uni stuff done still train for golf like four or five times a week still play golf when I can mm. <laughs> when I can fit it in <laughs> um, but no it's I think that's where it started coming that started to adapt then I got the logo I got the logo Jan last year which I must say is fire <laughs> um, and that was purely based on I've got to shout her out it's ab.design on Instagram okay um, so she also came to this uni she's graduated now alright and she she actually rolled her ankle oh and then I was already friends with her yeah. and I said oh and she did graphic design here so I said look I think we should have a deal here. <laughs> so if I rehab your ankle yeah. and help you with your ankle exercises and things like that, which I'm more than happy to do, would you be able to come up for some, with something for me? Mm. 
uh, and I always liked the name Muscle Movement, as I said, and I always thought of incorporating my initials or name into the logo. You know, I was looking at your logo just this second, and I just noticed the two R's. Make the M. <laughs> just before, <laughs> just before you go and explain that how you incorporated the M for muscle movement and your initials yeah. I just wanted to say that I've noticed <laughs> just now <laughs> yeah because some, fi- some people when they it's look so at it clever, and go yeah it's two M's and I'm like so clever it is two M's but have a look a bit closer mm-hmm. and they're like oh yeah it's ours it's like yeah but some people that don't know my second name are like oh it's just two M's yeah um, but yeah it's a, she I remember her sending me a picture because we were on FaceTime like a couple of days a week trying to organise what looked good and she was sending me pictures on whatsapp and she sent me a picture originally of an r like a small r and a low so a lowercase r and a lowercase r yeah sort of mirrored symmetrical in pencil okay. and it was literally scribbled <laughs> and i was like abby like no this uh, in my head i was like that looks awful mm. and she goes no it doesn't look honestly it does not look that bad when i start putting it up and sure enough she i, I wanted the white or red to white as well because significantly, if you red like signifies pain, white generally you're going to get them better from like pain, pain being angry to white being calm. Yeah. So for all oh, red to white, I could do that. It was originally a white logo, but then on a black shirt, which I think is more clinical, you could do the red to white because I think it was white to black or no it might have been red to black before. Okay. Um, can't even remember the white logo. I don't ever use the white logo anymore if I'm honest. But yeah, no, if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't have the logo. So I got that released in January last year. Yeah. And then I thought, okay, this might be something big if I start incorporating it a lot more and doing more posts. And again, I was so busy last year with placement that, and everyone blames time. Yes, there's here, here's me blaming time. But um, I was like, okay, right. I was always last year thinking of ideas of what I could do with muscle movement, how I can make it better and bigger and et cetera. And I think this is like the transition phase now where I am getting more posts out and things yeah. like that. So, so yeah, no, and that, that's where the logo sort of came from. If it wasn't for her, I wouldn't have the logo. Um, and it's sports nutrition, sports therapy. Yeah. You're a fitness instructor as well? Yes. Uh, I'm a fitness instructor, but I would... I, I'm, when, I, when I grad, I'm going to get my PT because I think you can just apply for your PT straight away once you've graded. Okay. Uh, in, in like our field, same as sports science, they can just straight away yeah. get a PT course because we've done we've sort of covered what we do, do in PT I've actually got a master's um, conditional offer to St Mary's okay. to do strength and conditioning yeah. so that's the other line I want to go down quite a few people I know in my degree are either carrying on with sports therapy and will do and a lot of others are just going to do physio as well as a master's Yeah. but in my eyes <laughs> I was obviously grew up in and out of hospital with my hips x-rays I've had about 52 x-rays on my hips Oof. I don't really fancy going into any more hospital visits yeah. for like and I know that sounds selfish but I don't like hospitals it gives me I just don't like them mm. so and I know that I would be not as interested as I am in the gym I train four or five times a week as it is so I'd yeah. like to be able to do that but train people so I thought S&C would go quite nicely with sports therapy and I could mix the two or I could just become strength conditioning coach or I could do the therapy as well or I could mix them both which I like the idea of especially for rehab purposes um, I think it opens the work like opens the opportunity up massively especially yeah. if you're working in sport as well um, so yeah that's that's the route I'm taking at the minute sports nutrition 
I mean, I'm a sports nutritional advisor that not many people know about. Um, I did that when I was in my gap year before uni. Okay. So I was playing for golf full time and I thought I need to do a course and something. I'd like to keep my knowledge going. And then thought, oh, I've always been into the nutrition side of things, especially mm. in sport, how it benefits. So I said, oh, right, let's do some sports nutrition. Like, this looks good. Did a course in it. Um, passed it. I really enjoyed it as well, to be fair. And I like how... I think lots of people in the gym or general pop or athletes will train they're like yeah I've trained now and then they'll go and consume anything and everything any and everything yep but I think hi (laughs) hi says the two that's me hands up Um, but I think I think everyone has their guilty pleasures I've I've got a bounty in my chocolate. I've got a bounty chocolate bar. Don't hate me because lots of people don't hate that. Don't like bounty. It's very controversial. I can eat bounty. I don't. I don't, I don't like chocolate. So you're 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 a winner already. As soon as if we were both in the same room, people would look at me with complete contempt and disgust. Because like, how can you not like chocolate? Yeah. So so like bounty. I've got a bounty chocolate bar in my jacket outside. Yeah. Afterwards, so I think everyone has their guilty pleasures. And yes, people snack. And I'm not going to say I don't snack because I do snack. Mm. But I think it's all in moderation. Oh yeah, most and I think if you're an athlete, it's just getting the priorities right of what is good for you and what's not. And are you going to eat the things that are going to make you and perform better? Especially like if you play sport or tennis or where you have breaks. Yeah. Even American football or football, you're having breaks in the game. <laughs> See us eating skills on the sideline. What, <laughs> what are you consuming in that break to make? Because yeah. it, 100% it's going to make a difference in performance. 100% there's evidence in that. Um, so I, I I like that side of it as well. Um, whether I go into that more is another story, but I, I like what I'm doing with it at the minute, and that's why I try and base a couple of posts a month. I'm not doing much on it, but maybe more. Maybe it's an incentive to do more. Hey, all I'm saying is because I remember the first time I started seeing your posts, the first one I ever think I actually saw was a... Um, you were doing was up... It? Uh, was it no- noodles? Because you also did some student meals student meals that are high in nutrition for athletes oh yeah yeah, yeah. so my last my last post so i'm trying to do like a <laughs> i'm trying to do like a, a recipe a month if you like so my last that must have been it post it would have been a recipe was a post. parcel of goodness and yeah. that's like cod fillet which has got 30 like 25 odd grams 30 odd grams of protein in it Look at all that protein. So, I need that in my system. <laughs> <laughs> but protein. then again, it has 40 grams of carbs. But Carbs is good you, for me. You need, you I need carbs. carbs. People are like, oh, carb this, carb that. You need carbs. I try and eat carbs because carbs are good. Mm. Like Your muscles have got glycogen in it. They release glucose. You need you need carbs. Look at the 100%. science in all of this. Um, yeah, I'm not going to go too science because <laughs> it, it'll bore people off. But, um, but yeah, you need carbs. I think carbs 100%. are essential as well. People and then no-carb diets, I think, they're good. They might work for some people, but I mm. think for athletes, it doesn't work at all. I found out, what is it, um, last semester. So at the uh, start of training camp, well, no, just before training camp, so in the early part of preseason, Charlie and everyone at SNC mm. um, weighed us all out. Okay. And I think I came in at 86 kg or something, and I was like, I'm feeling okay. I'm pushing for 90. Um, but the goal was to mix it up because that was my post-surgery actually no it wasn't even my post-surgery weight because I'd started um, exercising again because I had the surgery sat around did I watch what I ate no I consumed absolutely everything <laughs> so I put on a little bit of chubs and so I was like okay <laughs> definitely need to get rid of some of this chubs but um, the goal was never to go below 80 it was no. to lose the chub and then proceed to 90, yeah, 95 
I found myself midway through the season at 76 kg. Oh my god. How much did you lose then to like 28 kg? No, 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 no. I was I start I weighed in at around 86. So, would well, maximum would have been 10 kg that oh, I lost. Okay. But still, like that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was crazy. thinking why have I managed I never whenever uni starts and all this sort of stuff, everyone has rent to pay this and that. Money just flies out the window. Mm. And then it's a case of what do you want to do? Do you want to have fun? Do you want to buy stuff? Well, and like everyone's priorities are different. Oh, yeah. And f- buying food was never my priority, so to speak, because I always knew, okay, I can go down to like basic basics. I can have ramen noodles. I can have, I don't know, pasta. Mm. And I can survive on that for days. Mm. It's completely fine. But w- w- the things that I'm eating... I then decided to also take this year as like my comeback year. I've had surgery, oh, I've been yeah. injured, and I'm trying to come back harder and play harder and perform better. I started going to the gym. I did. I've done more S and C sessions in like the first month of being here than I had done in like the past two years. And as you should know, rehab is hard. Rehab is so and hard. I think I, personally, after so being at placement. Mm. and rehabbing players so we had a few ACLs well, yeah. one oh ACL, my days um, and you had to rehab him hard and at one point I felt oh like you're pushing him hard on the what bike really hard and you think oh like they work hard but you don't know unless you have it yourself Yeah. and I've been out with my knee for two months <laughs> the rehab is I think rehab is generally harder than the normal workout oh most because definitely you're having to work twice as hard to keep fit to try and get back quicker yeah uh, even if you've got given two months or three months or four months however long it is off mm. you, s- you know that that four months after that four months is up you're back into play or training or whatever it is exactly. you're doing so I think it's twice as hard and it has to be twice as hard otherwise you're going to as you said put on podge mm-hmm. and you're, you're going to put on fat <laughs> put on podge so, <laughs> I like that I'm going to use that yeah I'll put on podge <laughs> <you know? laughs> the, the peas but put on podge all of that came in and, I was th- and then I, st- I didn't I have never taken the nutrition side of fitness, the nutrition side mm. of performance seriously before. And to be honest, it's one of my biggest regrets of being here at uni and But I think the that's the uni part. lifestyle as well. Like yeah. I think it's hard it is for hard. people at uni because the good if you notice, which I completely disagree with, the things in shops that are good for you are expensive. Mm. So like the high protein snacks, grenade bars Okay, they've got Ooh. a lot of sugar in. £2.50 a bar. £2.50 a bar. Mm. I looked yesterday, I was with my mate in Tesco, and we've gone in, grenade bar, <laughs> three of them, three, but, so there's a pack of three, £6. Yeah. Pound. I was like, okay, you're saving, what, 50p? Yeah. Or £1 if you're lucky. And to me, that's, okay, that's a protein source. And even the protein you get online, because I don't think, I've not met anyone that's met their protein requirements without having a shake in their diet. Yeah, so, like even the protein you get from my protein or wherever is extortionate. I think, and as a student, if you want to go gym and get lean, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, it's hard and like nuts. If you're not, unless you're allergic, nuts. Five pound, five pound for a, a pack, a small yeah. pack of nuts that last you what you could consume. I could happily consume a bag of nuts in the space of an hour, let alone a day. Yeah. Um, and then the cheap, the cheaper stuff is the rubbish. So the chocolate, the sweets. That's what one pound a pack. Mm. And how much rubbish is in that? 44p pack of custard creams, Asda. <laughs> like, 44p so shortbread, I, I Asda. Be, I'll put it out there now. I could consume a packet of hobnobs. Yeah. Milk chocolate hobnobs. 
Oh, Contro- milk chocolate digestives. Con- controversy Ooh. here, but milk chocolate hobnobs are the best biscuit in Britain, in my opinion. Over milk chocolate digestives? Oh, 100%. Are they the ones with the bottom, milk chocolate on I top. I can't lie, those are still nice too. Um, those are, they're, they're nice. <laughs> but but they they are for me, no. like, I'm a, I'm a Scot. I go for the Scots people. I like their shortbread a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Slap in all of the sugar, all of the butter. Put everything that's bad for you into it. I love it. But I that, love it. But that's the thing. It's it's all in moderation. So again, mm. unless okay, I might consume a packet of hobnobs. Oh well, let's say a week. If I consume a packet of hobnobs a week, then okay, it's not going to be great for me. But and I train hard. Exactly. You're so going to work in moderation. Off. Yeah. But then that's where people get carried away. You just said you work it off. work it off. That's where people go, oh, yeah, I'll have another packet and another packet, and then they'll end up having chilli sensations, and then they'll have packet hobnobs, and then oh, packet no. fantastic all in a week, you can't and they're never going to work out. Well, a week? Yeah. Oh, oh 100%. I, I don't say a day. like that, 100%. Or, or even a day, okay. You oh, might do people I'm, I'm in a day, Pat. You can do that in a week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I, was just, I thought you can do that in a, like, in a week. Can't you? <laughs> <laughs> in a week? Oh, wait one second, I feel targeted. Five, five pack of donuts a day? What? <laughs> but, um, but I think that's where it's hard for uni students as well. Like The lifestyle is completely different. I think it's annoying for people like us as like athletes yeah. as well that you get you go home and they're like, oh, how's... Or they ask your parents, how's Pat doing? Oh, is he living in the uni last night? Everyone's stereotypes what a student is. Just because they might know a, st- a couple of students that mm. sleep in bed all day, <laughs> honestly, watch telly and don't do anything, don't do any work and just get by, mm. doesn't mean that we're all all students are like that. The that's student what, athlete that's life is hard, you know? <laughs> that's what winds me up as well. Mm. But student athletes will... I, I don't think... I think the latest day I've woken up this week is ten past eight in the morning. Yeah. Because I've either had lectures... Your S&C sessions are S&C well. sessions. Yeah. I had a S&C sessions today at 7.30 to 8.30. Mm. So I was up at 7. So, and I think that's what... I, that's why I don't like it. People stereotype students. I I study. I I'm, make sure I'm always productive. Mm. And I'm sure other athletes are the same. Yeah. All, always, like, make sure you study. You've either got work to, like, try and earn money. You're going to train. You've got practice to do. Like, muscle movement stuff for me to do. Other things to do in your spare time other than just sit, watch telly. Of course... I sit and watch telly, but it's like probably late in the evening yeah. when I'm going to bed and tired and You're still probably productive. fall asleep watching telly anyway. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I think that's what I don't agree with with people being very like stereotypical students mm. as well. Yeah, yeah, it's hard. It's it's hard, but um, I mean, everyone, I, and that's one thing I think. Sometimes a lot of people, because the whole university culture, the student life thing hasn't always been seen in certain types of ways by everyone beforehand it's like oh, okay it's just a place nightlife's nice you're just gonna you're just gonna breeze by yeah, drink course, yeah, go out it. and that's get your degree. going out and drinking oh my god yeah but then there's so much more to university like the sport aspect of univer of university culture in this country i feel it's growing a lot because yeah, I think it is. many big universities as well the likes of brum nottingham uh obviously Loughborough's sport hub in the UK anyway but these universities as well all these big universities are starting to make sports more of a priority they put on events that incorporates students interacting yeah, with these indiv- sports individual events mm-hmm. they're starting to know okay this team is this this team is that I can go w- the Bucks um, Bucks Big Wednesday is now being passed between Loughborough and Nottingham because oh, really? yeah Notts has been Notts has hosted I think out of the well, how many years have I been here? 
uh, I know they've done at least two since I've been here. And I think last year, I want to say the final was held in Loughborough because I'm thinking now that's where the national final for um, American football was. So I'm just hoping that they had Bucks Wednesday there. <laughs> but they've moved it. Everything's going to be in Nottingham again oh, wow, this year. Okay. So Nottingham, the, the whole facility, everything is nice. And I'm thinking this country obviously i did my study abroad in america because mm. you know america oklahoma boom sooner everything like that <laughs> but i went out there because when i applied to university i applied knowing okay i'm going to go do my course one i'm gonna go try out for teams two because education and sport for me my outlook has always been that they're meant to be intertwined and you oh, do it together yeah i agree with that now when i went out to america i saw that completely because you had students everyone going to class we had obviously student athletes in some of our classes mm. too and they're out there working they're in they're integrated and everything and people are all excited for the big game on saturday oh, course, yeah. or the big game it's on like, wednesday it's like the or premier league like that. here in that mm -hmm. sense isn't it like if you're a football but player, imagine that's what premier league that's professional these yeah. guys are amateurs well yeah yeah amateurs yeah I'll, I'll, so i was talking to a friend who's a pro golfer. Yeah. And uh, his girlfriend's currently out in Florida State Uni Ooh, playing nice golf on a scholarship. Mm. And he was he went out there in November, I believe, he was talking to me this week, and he said... <laughs> he said he went out there, and he, I, I don't know if these numbers are right, but he said, oh, I uh, went to go and watch an America football game. 81,000. Oh, 100%. 81,000. Gaylord Memorial that's Stadium more was 87,000. That's That's... That is more than well most. It's more than most Premier League teams, yeah. yeah. And now and one we're thing talking I do give is amateur college exactly sport. Where <laughs> let's not get into all of that right now. <laughs> that's that's exact. That's one of the things that I've also been like talking about now. It's like obviously this country is not anywhere near as big as America. America, no, when course. we think about the some of the times whenever I talk about this stuff as well, I also tend to forget that America is a massive country. Our country fits in many of its states several times over. So to try and compare certain things is not really possible. But then on the other hand, why can't we? Mm. There are certain things that we should be good at. We love football and we see how big it has caused... To, like Wembley Stadium packs a whole load of people in. Oh, yeah, 100%. Whenever yeah. AJ fights... He goes. To <laughs> <laughs> whenever AJ fights, he goes to Wembley or Cardiff now mm. because those are two biggest venues and people flock in to go yeah, see. Cool. Now, with... Obviously, it's going to take some years and some growth, but I feel like the trajectory that universities and this country is going on is that sport is becoming more and more of a thing that people want to do. And I feel like you're going to have to target youth. You need to target youth oh, yeah. if you want anything to grow anyway. Yeah. But personally, I feel like university sports in general will start to grow and people will get more involved with them. Because I know, and this is just, I guess, the way, one of the reasons, this is one of the things that I've always done, is like, I know that once I graduate from... Hertfordshire, I'd probably still come back to come and watch um, Hurricane oh, Games. Oh yeah, for instance. I'd, I'd, uh, if there's a golf team, I'd hundred percent mm -hmm. try and support the golf team. Support yeah. the teams that are already here and everything. But I feel like people still need that kind of like extra little mm. push. Yeah. And I mean, it's coming. It'll happen. I know. I can, I do believe. And I'll quickly skirt Scott to 
one of the final questions I'd ask. Muscle movement. Would you consider working with student athletes as well? Yeah, and helping supporting them? Like that's when you went to youth mm. when you said the word youth. In the future when I grad, that's what I want to do because I think there's a target for especially for the academy footballers. Mm. Um not just targeting the footballers either, but athletes in a in a whole yeah. think yes you can get so good technique wise in what you do so a footballer they might be one of the best centre mids in their academy but physically mm. are they ready to make the step up into yeah. getting that pro contract etc and I don't I think there's always something to improve 100% Most definitely um, I know people to I know the S&C coach that I work with at Millwall he had a great idea and he was working with I don't know if he still does, I haven't kept in contact with him, but he, he was working with the young athletes of different football academies, just individual session, which is great because it's only going to progress them more. And yeah. it, by training, as you know, it's like mus- it, as it's muscle memory, mm-hmm. muscle movement, but muscle memory. So once you train them in a certain, in a certain way, when they get onto the pitch, they're not going to think about that, but that bit that they did with yeah. the S&C coach will 100% help them into making them move better or, and then therefore play better and perform better. Yeah. So I think there's always there's a massive niche and target in that area, especially for sports therapy as well, because at that age you've got more liable to get Osgood slatters and lots of different growing pains. I'm nodding like I know. What, um, what, is, what is that big word again? Could you say it again? Osgood slatters disease. Osgood slatters. So it's like the bump on the knee. It's it was me just nodding. Yeah, just yeah, a, yeah, a, tendon, a tendon issue. And the same as Severs disease, which is like... Really? It's a Severs syndrome. It's like the back of the heel on the Achilles tendon. Achilles tendon. Oh. Yeah, so we're getting very sciencey and sports therapy related now. But um, That's the point of it. Yeah, I said I think education <laughs> coming today. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I think there's definitely a niche for all that. I know... Like where I was working at Orient, I still do. They work where I work with the academy. We've got about about ten different sports therapists, that's physios, yeah. that are on on site and on hand during the week and game days. But if they want to get to the next level, would they have their own? Per- mm. Personally, if I was a mum or dad and I wanted my kid to be good, and I wanted okay, I'd let them see the physio or wherever. But I'd. I'd want my kid to see someone privately, even if they didn't cost that much, or even if they cost that much, because I want the kids. Yeah. If the kid wanted to be good at football, want to be a footballer, I'm going to pay money for my kid to want to do what they want to do. Basically, I mean, if you think about it, any any professional that takes their job, and I mean, when I say that, obviously, most professionals will be taking their job seriously. But when you get to the upper class, I think who was I listening to the other day? Um, Oh, some American athlete. It must have been. Oh no, it wasn't American. It was um. I think Conor McGregor. He's oh, yeah. he had his fight recently and everything, <laughs> and he's been talking about how um, some of the things he's looked up to certain people. LeBron James, I think LeBron James is universally known as one of the top. LeBron James and Cristiano Ronaldo mm. are known as some of the top people who have spent so invested so much on their body. Oh, yeah. So it's not a case of, oh, because the talent's there. And once you know the talent's there, you know the talent's there. Mm. But there's only so much you can do for so long. But what, Ronaldo's what, 35, 37 or something? It was his birthday, didn't it? It was his birthday the other day as well. 33 or 34. Sorry, no, he's not. For a footballer, let's let's face it. 33. He was born in like 85, wasn't he? He's getting on for a footballer. Yeah, he's getting on for a footballer. And LeBron James as well is. 
up in there. He's played in the NBA for 17 years mm. now or something like that. And yesterday, it was yesterday, yeah, yesterday, played, had some time. They, they, I think they called him flashback dunks mm. because it's when a player's been playing for so long, they shouldn't be jumping like that. <laughs> and he's jumping as if it's his f- fifth year yeah. in there. 34. Who's 34? Ronaldo. Right in the middle there. Ronaldo's 34. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. He's <laughs> he's not 33 though. <laughs> <laughs> but he did some timeless jump and it's like, how is he doing these things? But he will then go on to say the amount of money he spent on his body, everything that he does, the physical therapy that he goes through to ensure that he can sustain this. Because the jumping, it's not good for the knees. No. No one... I was how was it six eight two sixty like depends your technique on jumping and all of that's not going to come just from because Zion Williamson is a rookie that's just come into the NBA and he's a big big boy like and he he's for his weight his height is hmm, I think he's around six 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 seven he first came into the NBA at like two hundred and eighty pounds and so they were like just and he can jump out of the room he just jumps. But there was no technique to ha- he just He just knows yeah, he can yeah. do it. So he just jumped. They sat him. He had surgery. And they sat him for half the season. He came back. And he was training, training, training. They're like, playing, playing, playing. They're like, no, no, no. We're not going to rush him. We have some stuff that we need to do. Now when you see him play, he walks different. He runs different. Oh, he jumps okay, different. Yeah. All of these sort of things. Are all, And I've started to notice now when the people say they're taking care of their body and everything. These are the sort of things that they're talking about. Because some things you do, like instinctly oh mm, that's a made up word instinctively instinctively thank you very much yeah things that you do instinctively (coughs) aren't always the correct way to do it so to speak and so I think that the whole education right now in people taking time and investing in their bodies is really helping and it's really the way forward to be honest so I agree with what you're saying Mm. if parents want their child to succeed if the person the individual themselves wants to succeed you think about yeah seeing the team physios the team therapists and all of that but go that extra step further find find your own group as well i I think so many people if they're willing to travel travel but Mm. i think someone that just tells them something for a reason just because they want to get most out of the session we've always been taught here studying if it's not in your expect. Well, if you're not sure, then don't be scared to refer. I would say mm. if I wasn't sure on an injury, I'd either ask a friend that's probably in the same same industry as me because I've got quite a few, or I'd refer if yes. it's further than my expertise, so doctor, etc. I think that's the main thing as well. Just trying to handle things yourself. I think too many people try and do that as handle things themselves. Mm. And like in terms of like the nutrition, what you were saying earlier, I think. When we were going back to like the Instagram people, and you see all them like there's like all these Instagrammers that are absolutely shredded, all the influencers, and yeah, <laughs> influencers. Mm. But you see them all, and you think, oh, everyone thinks, oh, yeah, they've got a really clean diet. Hundred percent, they don't. Hundred yeah. percent, they still eat a load of rubbish. But they'll post what people want to see mm. and what they want people to see. When that isn't the case, that they hundred percent eat a bit of rubbish here and there. Yeah. So I think that's where people go wrong as well. They either go one extreme or the other. They either go eat loads of rubbish or they eat really like really really healthy. And it's like yeah. no, there's a happy medium with it all. Hundred percent the influences, as you said. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> it's true. There's a middle balance for all of these things. Yeah, people just uh, you need people need to uh, quickly find out 
and realize where that median is so that they mm. don't go overboard on one side or go overboard on the other. Like Joe Rogan recently um went on a how do they say it? Carnivorous diet, I believe. So he only ate meat. Oh. He did it for a month. Doesn't say me, I'm vegetarian, but <laughs> <laughs> now he did this because when you get to Joe Rogan's age and the things that you've done and things that you yeah. see, like on his podcast, he'd just be talking about some of the most random things. Mm. You just experiment. And he said he woke up one day and he was feeling, and he'd been seeing stuff around it. And he doesn't, he's very, he's a very inquisitive person. Mm. So he didn't know anything much about it. He said, well, I'm going to do it and see what it's like. And he did it from, I think a couple of days before January. And obviously when I was in Feb, so now he's just come off of it. So, I mean, I still need to listen to find out the results of it, but, um, it's, and now he did his for that type of reason. Now you have all these other people who are going on to these diets and they're stick, they're forcing their body. One thing I don't know, I've never done any research on it or whatever, or studied on it, or whatever. But I've always noticed with myself, and I feel like it's a type of conditioning. I used to hate brown brown foods, whole wheats, and all this other yeah. stuff. I'd be like, nah, it's bitty, it's <laughs> disgusting. Yeah, and that filtered I'd say as a child for the majority, for the most part but then I just I had my head on if it's not white there's no, what's the point eating it <laughs> like just give me all that refined stuff my mum that's awful yeah, oh but, oh disappointing but now come to my house and you're only gonna see brown pasta mm. you're only gonna see um, brown spaghetti yeah I I can't cook brown rice that well, but when I go home, <laughs> at least he's honest, right? Yeah, so I don't, I don't eat, I don't, I haven't eaten rice at uni for I don't even, I haven't, I haven't eaten rice at uni. I just eat pasta now because, yeah, you know that massive sack of whole wheat pasta. But um, my body's conditioned now to eat brown mm. brown pasta. There was the one time the big sack wasn't there, so I had to buy the white pasta, and. It blew my mind how different oh, it tasted, yeah. and I was yeah. like, "When you Whoa. haven't had something in a while, mm-hmm. it's okay if you, but not great for you, and you, you're used to something." Mm. The difference in like you can just taste sugar. Yeah. Like for for me, if I haven't had something in a while, I can't really like milk, for instance, milk. Yeah. I, since going veggie, I've I eat milk at home. I drink milk at home, like home home. But when I'm at uni home, I just buy almond milk or coconut milk. Okay. But the difference I've noticed when I go home and yeah. have milk. Like once or twice. Sometimes I don't even have milk when I'm at home, but the difference is mad. It's just yeah. the taste, um, and I'm not like one of them people who are like, oh, vegetarianism, this, that, and the other. I'm not for the animals and this. Like, okay, some people have their views on that, but mm. my view was I wanted to see what happened to my body if I did turn vegetarian. What would happen? I'm technically pescatarian because I still eat fish. I was gonna say yeah. I um, think I'm looking hence, to turn hence pescatarian the parcel, too. Hence the parcel of goodness. On, uh, <laughs> yes, that's true. Yeah, hence the parcel of goodness, which was fish. Mm. But yeah, I, I noticed first. I did it before Game Changers. Everyone's like, oh, you've watched Game Changers, haven't you? I haven't Netflix. watched it yet. I haven't really, watched it. I, I'm going to. I would recommend well. it. Obviously, it's very biased. Yeah, that's I, one I thing that I would well. say. Lots of people were like, oh, Game Changers changed me. Like it's okay. not going to change me for stars. I'm <laughs> meat eater to the death. I think it's everything in moderation. The whole reason I did it is because the amount of packaging they've got in meat. Yeah. And the amount in meat they've got to get the meat out there quickly. Mm. And you could argue the same for plants now because you know so many people. Probably one in five people are vegetarian now. I'd True, say two in five people are growing, vegetarian yeah. or plant based. So I think the more that grows, you you're a bit concerned about how they get in all the plants. 
out mm-hmm. there quick enough. Are they fertilising them now? Yeah, and it'll be exactly the same thing. It'll be exactly the same. So I think GM it's a crops. happy medium. So like my, my flatmate, for instance, he said, oh, I'm going to go veggie. And I, I thought, no, he won't. But to be fair to him, yeah. he has a couple meals a week that are vegetarian, a couple meals that are meat. And it's very, it's, to be honest, it's very healthy and balanced. Yeah. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think so many people, I used to have like chicken three times, well, three times a day, twice a day with lunch and dinner. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't, have it, wouldn't have it for breakfast. I don't know about other, other people. Each to their own. I'd definitely have it for breakfast. <laughs> I could. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, and then I started reading things. And after that, I'd... I think you've got to do your own research in it as well. Mm. I think you just can't watch something that's very biased and go, oh, I'm going to turn veggie like that. Mm. I think I started reading articles on it and obviously, like for me, tendon health is good. As a sports therapist, I was looking at t- like what it does on the body's like yeah. effects on the body and that's why I liked it. Plus, bodies then, are different as well. And then, <laughs> and then I went and got a tendon injury <laughs> for two months and I was like, oh, okay. Mm. <laughs> um, that, that didn't go to plan. But, <laughs> but no, I think it has made a difference personally. So yeah. Yeah, I think nutrition is where it's at as well. That's a big growing factor, especially oh, yeah. now, as you say, it's becoming more and more popular plant-based diets and lots of these different diets mm. for performance. People are starting to well. learn more about it as well. So it's yeah, good to see that uh, that's also incorporated with the whole muscle movement program as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, try to, try to definitely. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make that an incentive as well to do more posts because I've. I think I put on my Instagram the other week on a, a question. I'm, I'm gonna try and do more of them. What I people saw, like yeah. to see? Yeah, because. I'm only going for what I want to put on there mm. and what my ideas are, but I, I want more ideas from people, so I'm more than happy for people to DM me yeah. or, like, answer them questions. I did that today, actually. Um, Who does people want to hear on the show? Cause yeah, exactly. I and I think it's on my an eye-opener because people yeah. come out with things and they're like, whoa, I didn't mm-hmm. even didn't think, think of that. that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'd be more than happy to take requests. Like, I got a couple from that saying, put more recipes up or more, more about supplements. Mm. I was like, okay. So then I went and did one on yeah, turmeric straight true. away. There was the vitamin C drop. And the vitamin C. Yeah, the vitamin C one. Mm-hmm. So um, that's what I did straight away. And, I, and and then I'm getting other requests saying, oh, do more recipes. I'm like, okay, I'll try. But, um, but yeah, it's all... I think that's word of mouth and not only that, what people want to see as well, I think it makes a big difference because if they want to see it, they'll share it. And yeah. Obviously, I'm not going for the followers and lots of followers would be nice, but I think I'm just going, putting it on the page. I haven't made it private anymore. It used to be private, but I haven't made it private anymore just for the basis of people can go on my Instagram and go, oh, this is helpful, like it. And then, okay, it helps if they share it. It'd be nice if they share it or follow me. It'd be lovely, but at the end of the day, it's there for free. Mm. Um, just before we come people. off, would you like to drop it all? I mean, it's going to be all tagged oh, and everything. Okay, so drop everything you want to drop before we close the, off the show. The, in, the Instagram <laughs> is at musclemovement underscore. So all one word. Muscle spelt like M U S C L E movement underscore. Muscle spelt um, muscle. <laughs> and I'm also on Facebook. People have asked me how they get me on Facebook. If they go on my actual account, which is Robert Rangel, I'm not mm. shouting out for requests of, to follow me personally. But if you type in Muscle Movement on Facebook, I'm sure it comes up. Mm. So if you type, yeah, it does. There you go. And it comes up with a white logo rather than the black one, due okay. to be changed to the black. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, like it, share it, tell your friends about it, follow me. It'd be much appreciated. Sharing, sharing is caring, I say. Mm-hmm. So if you share it, it's only going to go and help someone else as well. Yeah, and if you're an up-and-coming athlete, student-athlete, or already established athlete as well and you're listening to this right now I mean head up to uh, Muscle Movement because you're gonna it's good to what is it knowledge is power 
Yes. There we go. Knowledge is power. I think that's I think that's, yeah. that's the that's the same. <laughs> knowledge is power. You learn so much, and I, there are things that I've read, I've learned just from this sit down. Things that I've learned from some of the posts as well. That it's helping me as well, and obviously ev- everybody in this room knows, and most people listening as well. I talk about it all the time know about my injury history and my whole like road to recovery, this journey that mm. I'm still on, and any good information that I can take right now to help myself, I'll. I'm all for it and I really do encourage anyone that's trying to break into sports or they're already con- currently in sports to continue to think about looking after the body and all this other stuff to help your own performance and muscle movement is a good place to start yeah definitely a good start um, place to start that is all we have time for today Rob thank you very much for coming on to the show you're very Andy, welcome thank, thank you, you for being in our presence once again ladies and gentlemen I am Patrick Callisto and this has been Strictly Sports. Thank you very much.